Hey everyone and welcome to 1.21 Overload, I am Peter, that is Matt, and we talk about movies on this show. This is our monthly movie show in which we put two movies up for vote for our patrons at patreon.com slash TV. I pick a movie I love, Matt picks a movie he loves, and our patrons vote against which one we'll do. And the winner for this month was Speed, which beat out Twister, which was a bit of a joke in and of itself, because Matt picked Twister, yeah. and then I thought it'd be funny to pick a movie by the same director. And speed won, so so I won technically. It feels yeah. like a hollow victory though, because they're they're pretty even in terms of in terms of what they were, in terms of what the movies yeah. are. Hmm? So so yeah, we're gonna talk about speed, and I, I guess we'll start spoiler free. If you've if you've not seen speed, you can get the spoiler free section, and then yeah, you know we'll warn you in the middle before we go into spoilers. But that's what we're gonna do. What what is speed? Speed is a movie about a bomb in a bus. Once the bus goes over fifty miles per hour. Uh, the bomb is armed. If it drops below fifty miles an hour after that, the bomb will blow up. And Dennis Hopper is chewing scenery. Keanu Reeves it, is being chewed by the scenery, and Sandra Bullock is somewhere in the middle. <laughs> she's really good, given what she has to do, which is just be stressed out and drive a bus. Oh sure, yeah. No, I mean honestly, even like I mean, you can make fun of Keanu Reeves' delivery or some stuff in this, but oh, the the, the dude has charisma. Yeah, a lot of the time, e- even if he's being really wooden in a lot of his dialogue, and there is some pretty wooden takes in this. This has got charisma. There's a reason why he's stuck around, and not just because mm-hmm. he's a really nice guy. Apparently, you always hear that. You always hear Keanu's yeah. a really nice dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dennis Hopper's just been the crazy villain. This is probably where I discovered Dennis Hopper because you know, you know, it wasn't like I was watching. I mean, sure, it's not that weird for me to be watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 at an early age, but I didn't watch it that early yeah. in age. Whereas Speed I grew up watching from, you know, I was five when this movie came out. See, and I knew Dennis Hopper from Waterworld. Uh, Joke's on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joke Although is he was you. arguably more crazy in Waterworld mm. than in, in Speed. And he's pretty damn crazy in Speed. So I, I love some of his, uh, his little delivery ticks that he's got in this he has a, f- a few mm-hmm. moments where um he'll just do like a little noise of like uh-huh uh-huh like he'll, he'll do like a uh-huh. little noise like that uh or when he's watching the, the news report and the, the news reporter says there's people on a bus and they're at the whim of a madman he's like whim of a madman i like that yeah. and it's like who's he talking to he's not talking to yeah. anyone <laughs> well he likes to set up elaborate death traps to try to get money mm-hmm. out of people so he's you know I think him talking to himself is the least of his issues, you know? So, okay, that's a fair point. That's yeah. a fair point. I mean, I think it would have been arguably worse if they gave him a pet he was talking to, like they did in Iron Man 2 for Mickey Rourke. Oh, right, he yeah. He had the parrot, you know? So him just talking to himself all in, you know, saying like, drives the character home more to me. What's funny about it though is that when when it cuts to those scenes where it's just him and his lair, where you know whilst everything's going on and he's just got his monitors set up and he's like controlling things. Yep. Every time it does it, it doesn't feel like a character in the movie. It just feels that we're cutting to Dennis Hopper's den and Dennis Hopper's been a crazy man, <laughs> and that's what it feels like. And that, so, I, it's not a complaint. <laughs> you know, you know, rest his soul. You know, he passed away years and years ago now. I had heard on a film podcast. I can't remember which one, but. Basically, Dennis Hopper got banned from Australia because he was there to shoot a movie and partied way too hard. So once the movie was finished and he was out of the country, they're like, yeah, you can't come back here anymore. Um, 
Which just made me think he was yelling diplomatic immunity like in Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just like Diplomatic community, <laughs> man. <laughs> so Yeah, so I don't know if that story's true. The film podcast that I listened to it on seemed to think it was true. So Yeah, that's I just thought... Dennis Hopper. So I totally buy that we just cut to his lair. Like that wasn't even set dressing, that was his actual house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He died in 2010. Because you said years and years ago. And I'm like, it's not been that long, has it? And uh, eight years. Eight years. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'd call that years. And, I mean, it is technically years and years ago because it's eight years. But like, you know what I mean? Years and years sounds like decades to me. But I, that's see, I didn't. I didn't remember if it was 2004 or if it was 2010. Because either or, you know, feels right. So. Oh sure. Oh sure. You but that, then we would have missed out on some of his later career. What did he do in the the the, the, the twenty the two thousands, I suppose I should say. The twenty the twenty twenties. Oh, the twenty somethings. He's in He's so transformative I just remembered he was in Blue Velvet. Oh yeah, Blue Velvet's one of his biggest which roles. Kicked off, which kicked off this this series of shows. That's right, yeah, that was the first thing we ever did on Overlord. Uh yeah, he was in yeah. uh, Land of the Dead. I think that was the one thing I saw him in in the the two thousands. Uh, not a great movie. Not not his fault, admittedly, but not not. No, that was that was the Romero one. Yeah, the fourth Romero one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I, was the Romero one? I know we're going off track, but it was where they were making a movie about zombies, and then there were zombies. I believe that like, was for real. I never saw it, but I believe that was one after that. It was called Diary of the Dead. Diary. Okay. I think uh, that was. Next. I know that I know that all the Romero ones in of the Dead, so I just can't. Because there was a... He did another one. He did a sixth one, I'm sure. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember what that was called. Damn, I can't remember. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so no. Uh, so, so obviously, this is, this is interesting. We both picked movies that were obviously action movies from our childhood. So, I, I feel like the discussion in this one is going to be a little bit different to some of them because some of them you know it's just if it's a movie like blue velvet or whatever we'll, we'll analyze it and we'll interpret it and we'll talk about what it means or mm-hmm. if it's a movie that you've picked that i think is garbage we'll sit and debate yeah. the critiques of it and what why is it good why Wait. is it bad this is a funny one because we both grew up with this so despite any faults that we will probably point out and we will point out a few of them at least <laughs> this is probably going to be more of a gushing nostalgia trip than anything else yeah yeah <laughs> um so i hadn't seen this movie probably since the 90s you know, hmm. so even though it's constantly on cable, it's like, oh, I've seen Speed before. I never feel the need to go back. So watching it as an adult, I was surprised how actually solid of an action movie this is. Like, I feel this is what Skyscraper was trying to be, and they just completely missed. Because the the story and, and whatnot, is, you described it in a sentence. Yeah. Bomb on bus, bomb explodes if it goes too slow. You know? Um and it's simple, and that drives the story. So, I, I just, I wonder why it's so hard now to make something as simple and as good, you know? I feel like, yeah, that, that's an honest question. I feel like, yes, yeah, simple action movies that are just well made don't really happen that much anymore. Uh, mm. The few that do would be like Mad Max Fury Road, uh, something yeah. like Dread. And that was, you know, that was super simple. Both of those are really simple. I mean, Dread's basically the raid. But with a you know a pop culture character, you got to get yeah. to the top of this building. Yeah, you're I'll, gonna fight to, your way through. To its credit, though, they were both been made around the same time. It's right. not like yeah, 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 yeah. I just I feel like the raid has more you know like like raids at like diehard status. Although they're both basically diehard. They're stuck in a building, 
you know, and but again, there's another one, Die Hard. That was from the 80s, but yeah, I don't feel like we have these anymore. And when they try, they just swing and miss. Because I would never say like John Wick is simple, because there's a there's a whole world. Yeah, no, I, w- I wouldn't put John Wick in the same category as, like, action movies yeah. I like from the 80s and 90s. Action movies from the 80s and 90s, and they're, they're simple enough. And I think they work because it's not that they take themselves too seriously because they don't. In fact, they fail when they take themselves yeah. too seriously. I think they work is because they don't have any, like, sense of irony. Like, they're having fun. They know they're making a goofy movie, but they just they still kind of just play it straight regardless. Whereas now I feel like you have to, you know constantly wink at the audience that yeah yeah we know it's a dumb action movie we're just we're going with it or or whatever yeah don't get me wrong sure there's a lot of things in this movie especially where we can point at and go okay here's where the rules of physics are not obeyed here's where the rules of of you know anything are not obeyed (laughs) but they're they're never one to point and laugh at that they there's absolute sincerity in the filmmaking yeah, it, you know, it's because so, because the classic plot hole everyone always likes to point out with speed, and it's a fair plot hole to point out. I'm not a big plot hole guy. I don't really give a shit about plot no. holes. If you're going to argue me that a movie's not good because of a plot hole, I'll probably just ignore you because I don't care. Because the attitude they had when they were making this movie and other movies like it is that well, no, but that plot hole lets the movie happen and the movie's fun, so let's just do it. And right. that's a fine exactly. attitude to have. But the big plot hole they always point out is that when he's chasing after the bus, he's been told by Dennis Hopper that once the bus hits 50, that's when it's armed. And there's a point where he's trying to catch up to the bus, where he's running on foot and he's keeping up with it. And he's trying to bang in the door, say, hey, stop the bus, stop the bus. Yes, if he thought clearly at that moment, he could pull out his gun, shoot the tires, and it would never get to 50. <laughs> and that would be it. Right. Crisis over. Right. Um, now, admittedly, like you said, admittedly, though, there's no movie. And then there's no movie. And then admittedly, on top of that, Dennis Hopper would then just blow up the bus there and then, probably. Right. So, I mean, there is actually... Because he's watching. Yeah, We we know that through through the footage, which I think it's hilarious when you look back on it, and this was right after, either right before or right after OJ, you know, Mm. which was was that whole sensationalized, you know, police copters. Yeah, it's around that time. You know, following stuff. So... Um, yeah, so co- it fits in that time period too. I have a question, Matt. Do, do yeah. you know why the the bus number is in giant numbers on top of the bus on the on the roof? Because I don't, I can't fathom what the purpose of that beyond a helicopter getting a shot off. <laughs> because if yeah. you're getting a bus, you're not seeing the roof of the bus. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, that said, it is Los Angeles, and there is a lot of police chases. There's been numerous times we've gone down there and have had to pull mm. over on the freeway. Because of high speed chase, so it wouldn't, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that sure. most buses in LA sure. have their numbers on it. That said, I've never looked on top of a bus. Exactly. So yeah, I, I you, don't know. You never claim up and go. For all we know, that doesn't happen at all, and it's just the bus in the movie. But no one ever sees the roof of a bus, so who's who's going to argue right. it? <laughs> it's fine. What exactly. I will argue is how many compartments and trap doors this bus has to get under the bus. This is bullshit. <laughs> this is straight up bullshit. Like, I understand if, if Hopper had set bombs in and and then he starts exploding them, you know, as threats and it creates like a trapdoor. But the fact, like, because it's not just because there's the one scene where he's on the rollerboard. Oh, yeah. He gets up underneath it. Because yeah. there's one near the front of the bus, which the driver tells him about early on. And he, I'm right. like, okay, that this feels like bullshit, but I'll accept one trapdoor, you know, one, one, you know, mm-hmm. hatch to, you know, to access underneath the bus. But when he's when he's done that bit later on, where he's under it on the little trolley, 
and they have to pull them in. They, they pull open this giant, it's like a four foot long hatch in the middle of the floor of the bus what? to pull them in. It's like a, in a military movie where they're all jumping out of the back of the plane. Yeah. And there's that, like, the, the bottom part of the hatch creates like a, like a ramp. There's a full on ramp built into this bus. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of ridiculous little things like that, that, that you just, again, you accept it because you're having too much, because the, the plot is so simple. And it's such a, 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 it's an event movie in the sense that it's just, it's constantly dealing with events. Okay, there's a bomb on the bus, they got on the bus, oh shit, the driver's been shot. Oh shit, now Sandra Bullock has to drive the bus. Okay, now we have to deal with traffic, now we have to deal with people on the road, now we have to deal with the fact that the road bronze not finished. Like, it's just constantly upping the ante and like, okay, here's another obstacle, yeah. here's an obstacle, here's an obstacle. How do you... It's- it, do you know what it reminds me of, actually? It's a lot like something like The Martian. This is a weird comparison to yeah. make, but it's no. like that and all it is is solving problems that keep popping up. Okay, so who who wrote The Martian? Uh, Drew Goddard. All right, and where did he come from? He, well, I mean, I don't know what town he comes from, but he did work on the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer. There you go. Do you know who Ghost wrote Speed? I feel like I'm about to get a Joss Whedon reference here. You are, because it was Joss Whedon. Mm. He punched up the script. Because when the guy who wrote it, and I don't have it in front of me, when the writer, it was a little bit too serious Mm. and a little bit too, like, police procedurally. And so Joss, who's, you know, still making his way, um, writing scripts on spec and whatnot, he punched it up and changed a lot of the stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if that constant upping of the stakes was added by him. I, I, do you know what? I'm going to assume that he didn't even change the events. I'm going to assume that his his changes were character and dialogue based. And I'm going to say right now, Pop Quiz Hot Shot was probably him. It was. I that, did because I read after the yeah. movie finished. He added he added a lot of that. But Pop Quiz. I just now, thought, I thought it was funny that when you bring up the Martian and yeah. the, that was written by Goddard who. He was, I don't want to say a disciple, but he worked with Whedon. Yeah, because he, so, he was in the later seasons, but he wasn't there for the first like three or four seasons. Yeah. He, he, he came in at like five or six, uh, Goddard. But, yeah. so, here, so, here, so here's the thing um, about the dialogue, though, if we're talking about it. There are lots of lines that fall flat, and some of it, I think, is the delivery. It's kind of that thing. People always like to bring up how awful that line from X-Men is, uh, what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning, the same right. thing as everything else. That is an awful line yeah. in that movie, but... At the same time, I can see that line on page, and I can think of how it would be delivered in a Joss Whedon-directed thing, and I can see that line working with the right attitude. And I feel like that's the same thing with a few lines in this, where a lot of them work because you've got these actors who have charisma to to pull them off, Uh, you know... uh, uh, Jeff Daniels, he's he's good in here as well, he's the the partner. Um, But those lines that fall apart, in fact, one of my least favourite lines of dialogue in any movie (laughs) are in in this film. Uh, is uh, is when he's looking at the bomb under the bus for the first time, and he's got Alan Rock, who's an actor who's on Spin City. Uh, he was recently on the Exorcist TV show. You know, he's been on a bunch of stuff. He's uh, he's Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Yeah, there you funnily go. Uh, yeah, enough, of course, that's where you know him from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but funnily enough, he was in uh, Twister. He's one of the storm he chasers. Was, yeah. So, so cl- clearly, yeah, Jean Debon, who, dir- who directed this, like working with him because yep. he he brought him back. Yep. Uh, but it's so when he's looking at the bomb and. He, he, there's a decoy one, then he looks underneath and he sees the proper full bomb. And yep. he's like, you know, F me. And he's like, oh, you know, oh darn. It's a funny moment. Again, that's a Josh Whedon joke. But he hands the phone back and he's like, Harry, there's enough C4 in this thing. It blew a hole in the world. That line is atrocious. I hate that line. Who would uh, say that? Who would say it blew a hole in the world? Yeah. 
Oh, I hate that line of dialogue. And that's the thing, I could see that being a Whedon line, but like the way Whedon would have intended it might have been a bit different than the way Keanu... Yeah, the whole the whole delivery would have been different. Same, because you bring up that Stormline, and mm. just the way that Halle Berry delivers it just doesn't fit. It doesn't even fit the X-Men movie. No. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I definitely get that. Um, yeah. but no, hey, was... He could have said blow a hole in a building... Or whatever, but the world—that's just for an LA cop to say. It's a little bit weird. Yeah, just it just felt a bit off, felt a bit iffy. Uh, but yeah, but there's a lot of fun dialogue though. Everyone, you know, references the pop quiz stuff. Everyone references uh, all, all the the banter between Keanu and, and Daniels as they're you know doing doing all the elevator stuff at the start. And that's one of the things that I think people forget about this movie is how segmented it is. The bus part's the big middle middle section, but you've got a whole yeah, like almost. Out. You've got a, a whole almost short movie about an elevator hostage crisis in, in the opening, which is like a good 20, yep. 25 minutes long. Um, and that stuff's mostly pretty fun. Because they actually have like a... I remember watching the extras on the DVD. Uh, the, the, they had a miniature elevator shaft. That's The opening titles as they're coming up as it's going down the elevator shaft. That's a miniature yeah. they're going down. Um, that's really cool. And that, 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 that was pretty neat. In fact, speaking, you speaking about uh, the last time you saw this, I saw this a bit more because this was like the fourth or fifth DVD I ever bought. I okay. I got this and Predator, uh, and they were both like two disc special editions. This was I was like I was just becoming obsessed with extras because that was just like a new thing at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I remember watching all the extras and listening to the commentaries. Uh, director's commentary sucked, but the the writer and producer commentary. Uh, and I don't believe they ever mentioned Whedon on that track. He, he just talked about coming up with the idea for the bus and all the rest of it. But yeah. I remember that being an enjoyable enough lesson. Uh, but I just, I remember like getting that early. I mean, I've got the Blu-ray now, obviously, because, you know, times have changed. But um, nostalgia. You know, if you're all about nostalgia, I, I have nostalgia for that two-disc DVD. That, uh, that, you know, back when I was a, I was a, a, in my early teens and I only had like 20 DVDs, so I'd be re-watching the same stuff like, you know, over and over. Yeah, the pre-streaming days. Yeah, like the... you had what you had. That's why I watched Dude Where's My Car so many times when I was a oh, teenager, because <laughs> I had that on DVD. Um, but yeah, oh man, one of our first DVDs was Three Kings, David O. Russell, mm-hmm. uh, the George Clooney one, where famously they got into a fight uh, on set, and, and Clooney punched him in the face. So I just remember hearing about that at the time. And buying the movie based off of that. Hadn't seen it. And not liking it a lot. So, I, I hope that moment was in the outtakes. <laughs> I, I hope so too. I never actually... I'll have to, I'll have to go look. Yeah. Do you know, actually, Joel's in this movie. Uh, we mentioned Alan Ruck uh, in a minor role. Uh, yeah. the, the Lieutenant uh, McMahon, he's played by Joe Morton, who you might recognise from Terminator 2, uh, who was Miles Dyson. That's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast talking yep. in this, but there he is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. So we we have they have a cast that's you know mostly charismatic and likable. Not necessarily always the greatest actor in the world. Like I say, Keanu's very wooden mm-hmm. at times. I think you know Hopper is not an amazing actor per se, but he chews scenery like a madman, and it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's. I'm trying to find his comparison. It's hard to compare anybody to him, but he he always makes something better. Like even Waterworld. Where that movie is almost unintelligible at times, but it's it's never on Hopper. You're just like, oh, he's a crazy dude that rides a jet ski, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, one of my favorite moments from Hopper right at the start of the movie is, you know, he's in the elevator shaft and he's pretending to be a maintenance worker, and this, this security guard comes in and questions why he's there, and he stabs him in the ear with a screwdriver, 
Uh, right after he stabs him, he smirks immediately and goes, nothing personal. <laughs> as, as he goes down. And I'm like, nothing prompted that line. He just said it. <laughs> he just went for it. Uh-huh. Wouldn't it shock me if that was uh, just an ad lib? <laughs> like Hopper's like, I'm yeah. adding dialogue in, damn it. <laughs> I'll do what I please. Oh, that, that crazy man. It's great stuff. But yeah, so there's a lot of stuff earlier where you could argue that like uh, Jack, uh, Keanu's character, keeps like not telling his his uh, commanding officer what he's doing. Now, the first yeah. thing is fine because they think they're like they're being sneaky and like hooking up the elevator so it won't fall. But when they when they suspect that he's in the building, when they, they realize that Hopper might be actually be in the building, which is a good bit of deduction, I... It frustrates me that he doesn't actually call his superior officer and say, hey, we think he's in the building, we're going for him. Instead, they're just confused when they hear gunshots and they're like, what's going on? Um, yeah. Anyway, actually, speaking of lines I love, I love Jeff Daniels' line, because obviously, you know, Keanu shoots him when he's the hostage, you know, pop quiz, mm-hmm. what do you do? Got a hostage, shoot the hostage. Uh, when they're at the ceremony getting their medals, uh, Jeff Daniels, when they're waiting to get their award, Jeff Daniels just sort of leans over and goes, they're giving you a award for shooting me, you little prick. <laughs> Uh-huh. That line, I love so that line. Good. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, so it's just because it's the way that Daniels delivers it, just like through his teeth, and yeah, it's really good. I I forgot he was in this. Like I remember as a kid knowing that's the guy from Dumb and Dumber in mm. this, but uh, watching as an adult, I totally forgot. So it was good to see him there. Like you don't you don't see him in these types of movies anymore. He's he's much more like serious style stuff i'd recommend actually if you haven't watched it uh, to watch the limited series that was on netflix last year godless so western he's the villain yeah uh very okay. very good so it's it seven episodes it's, it's very cinematic it's just like this big budget western this i'm good uh i'd, I'd recommend it. a lot of familiar yeah. faces in that actually but um no he he's very good if, if anything i like i like so i will just give the spoiler warning here just so that we can talk freely yeah. so full spoilers for speed but one of the things that I would complain about a little bit, actually, with his character is that I feel like his death feels oddly kind of anticlimactic. Like, it's treated, obviously, I like how it affects Keanu's character, you know, when he gets angry when he finds out yeah. that his best friend and, you know, partner's dead. But blowed up. But, you know, in, in the opening of the movie, that opening 25 minutes, it feels like the second main character, and then he kind of becomes just the guy that's on the phone for a lot of it yeah. and then he doesn't even survive and it's like over the course of the movie he feels less and less important to me it's weird and it, it, it kind of bums me out a little bit yeah so yes in the original script he was meant to be the villain and then they changed that because they're like oh well, that's kind of weird so they that's the reason that the beginning part he's so um he's so in the thick of it and then he kind of gets relegated to death duty you know, because he's been shot and whatnot, and then he still leads, he leads the the raid, I guess you can call it, to, to try to capture Hopper in his lair. Uh, but of course, I was booby trapped and whatnot. But yeah, Harry was meant to be one of the villains. So I don't know if he's supposed to be working with Dennis Hopper or what. That's and interesting. Change that. I'm mean, I'm yeah. glad he isn't. I'm, I actually like uh, was, but this because they set up at the start the whole thing about retirement and the gold watch, and no. he's being kind of cynical about it. Um, and I like the idea that Hopper's listening into what's happening, so he hears this, and that's kind of what prompts the idea of using the, the retirement watch. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a little bit movie convenient 
that this guy's entire motivation is that he was ret- he was retired forcibly after he lost his thumb in like a you know a small right. detonation. That his his entire motivation is about being cynical and being uh, vengeful over the state for not paying him his due. So what? Because he's he's actually he's asking for a very specific amount of ransom. He's asking for three point seven million dollars, which, in his right. estimate, is what he's owed for for what he's done for the, for for the country right. for for the force. Um, I, I said the state. He's not actually. He was in Atlanta when he was a police officer in the ball right. squad. But he, but, you know, same yeah, difference. he's just he's taking it out because he talks about when he blows up his own house. He's like, oh, you mean that gift? Uh, you know, when I was useless to them, and it's all he's just he's angry. Like they they did away with him because he was you know a broken man. But clearly he's still he's at least really good at building bombs. So you think they could have kept him on to to make the decoy stuff? You know. Yeah, actually, I think what I like about I like the idea that he susses out that whoever this is, whoever you know Hopper is, he's probably an ex-cop or an ex-bomb squad guy. Yeah. Because as he points out, that typically someone who who's into making bombs falls in love with a specific type and they'll stick to yeah. that type. Whereas he's all over the place. He's building different types. Yeah. He knows how to do different things with them. Um, yeah. And that was a nice point. Well, because well, yeah, I was okay. gonna say once you learn how to build a bomb one way it's it's high stakes so it's like yeah i know this one way i'm gonna keep doing this one way so i don't blow myself up yeah you know and, and obviously we're spending a lot of time talking about his motivation which ultimately doesn't matter that much because it's not that type no. of movie uh as as people would say that there's movies that are about character dramas and then there's movies that are about the plot and the characters are just there because they need to have characters in it yeah. that's one of these movies where the yeah. characters are kind of thin they 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 have an, just enough charisma and enough witty banter here or there that just makes them likable, um, including the villain, uh, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But like you you're not necessarily you know it's like, I mean, because it's one of those things where at the end of the movie, like Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock kiss, right? And it's they're joking about how uh, relationships that start under stress like this, you know, don't end well. And watching it now, it's like, man, this feels like a really tacked on romance. They they did not need to have them kiss at the end of the movie, like the. There no, is like no bit. There's some camaraderie that builds over the course of it because he he makes sure she's okay, and then she makes you know when he loses it when after Harry dies, she actually says, "Hey, you know, stay with us," and she she gives him a pep talk. So it's kind of like they're bonding a little right. bit, and that is there. But the actual romance just kind of comes up, yeah. you know, when the when at the end of the bus section, uh, it doesn't really feel. It like doesn't se- make sense. Yeah, it's it's yeah. one of these things where it's fine if a romance is at a core part of your plot or a core part of your premise, but. Here it feels like the romance is just this tacked on extra thing because, oh, you've got a guy and a, a girl as the leads. They have to kiss by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that it's that bad or it's just that cringeworthy as far as these examples go. It just feels unnecessary and kind of tacked on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... so uh, what was your, what's your favourite bus uh, stuff in this? Your, your bus moments... The jump, so, the ridiculous like, jump, where they actually go up a ramp, uh, but there's no ramp. <laughs> now, weirdly, it's where you find out like they can't leave because somehow he's watching, mm-hmm. and he, uh, th- that lady who sits next to Sandra Bullock every day on the bus, tries to leave, uh, and it's it's where the stakes really get raised for Keanu, because you know this lady tries to leave, the bus door gets blown open, she you know ends up on the the freeway. You know, yeah, and he starts um, taking it personally. I think that's really good for all the characters involved. Because now Sandra Bullock, who's I think she's driving by that point. Yeah, she is. Um, yeah, because because that was yeah. after the driver gets off. Um, 
Right. She's been driving for a while. Because the driver get get shot uh, because there's a guy on the bus that thinks Keanu's there for him um, because he's like a small-time crook. Uh, and there ends up being like this standoff and the my gun goes off and the the driver gets hit. And so she has to take over. But, um, but yeah, cause she's driving and then Alan Ruck, who's a, a tourist starts freaking out a little bit more because this lady just got killed, you know, and Keanu's taking it personal. So yeah, there's, 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 a, there's some small touches actually in terms of the, the, the passengers, like, uh, Alan Ruck's character mm-hmm. and then the big, the big guy Ortiz, um, he yeah. he's like constantly annoyed by Alan Ruck that he's this weird tourist who keeps making these stupid jokes or stupid comments. Um, like one of one of the bits of laugh at is they eventually end up at the airport and he he oh. gets annoyed. He's like, "Oh, we're at the airport," and Ortiz is like, "Yes, yeah, so." He's like, "I already saw the airport," and Ortiz just has this yeah. this. It, it almost looks right at the camera as he turns around and just like, "Jesus, yeah. this guy." Um, but it's a nice yeah. little build up because at the end when they're all escaping the bus, uh, Alan Ruck almost dies. Ortiz is the one who grabs him and he yeah. hugs him. But it's, it's simple right. stuff like that. But there's just those nice little bits where a couple of pairs of characters on the on the bus kind yeah. of grow a little bit, to, you know. Yeah. Because well, they're all going through hard. this experience. Yeah, they're all going through this experience together. And and by the end of it, they've created like a like a group bond because they survived it. Yeah, and but I, I think that one's you notable. Lose it. Because that one kind of sets it up and then it pays it off by the end when they, when they, when they hug. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's nice. I feel like that's probably another thing that Josh Whedon probably added was the little bits of heart and the, the characters that yeah. are on the bus. Because um, obviously, there's yeah, a... see a... yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, you, you can see there's a there's a ton of the characters where um, you don't really get to know them. There's, a, there's a, a half the bus is just background characters, but there's a there's a good like right. six or eight or whatever that you kind of get to know a little bit, just enough to know where they are, who they are, what their role is in yeah. terms of the group, and and so on. Yeah, because in a lesser movie, Alan Rex's character which would have been this really whiny dude that you kind of want to see get blown up, but you never do. You're just mm. like, oh, he's just like, this is his worst vacation ever, you know? So it's a little bit more understandable. Uh, and he's holding it together better than I would in that situation. So, but yeah, you appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I also like that when they, they think Keanu's abandoned them because he, he, he arranges that he can leave the bus to negotiate for, for right. the money. And he and they all th- and some of them think he's abandoned them. He's like, oh, he's saved his own skin. And of, of course, Bullock points out that hey, he didn't have to get on the bus in the first place. Like he chose to do that. Really? Um, but when they see him get on the trolley to go under the bus, they're like, this guy's insane. <laughs> like, they're just like, yeah. oh no, this guy's a, a complete nut job. Um, oh, so it's such a good scene though, too. Oh no, it Cause, is because the cable and he's launching under and he's oh man. Yonder Bond did a good job. I think there's a lot of really well directed scenes throughout this movie. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. He did. Uh, he was the DOP on Die Hard, funnily enough. Uh, yeah. And yep. now, now obviously he's directing movies uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I think what it does really well is, despite the fact that it adds a lot of little things to the bus to make all these things work, it does really inventively make use of a bus in a lot of different ways. So there's a lot of different things. It does actually. I love the bus that picks... See when they're getting off the bus just before it blows up? Yep. I love the ridiculously big, wide bus that comes to get them. It's, it's, it's got doors at the front of the bus in the middle. Yeah. It's just super wide, but it's yeah. weird. It's this weird, like, yeah. super-sized bus. I don't even know what, what the purpose of it is, but it stuck out to yeah. me. What can I say? Uh, so, no, that's, that's good. But 
so here's here's the thing. Here's here's a hang up that I know a lot of people have, and I think it's a fair complaint. Is that it's kind of weird that after the bus section ends, there's a whole other act still to go uh, with the train section, and it feels a little bit almost like oh shit, we've just been through so much, and now we're doing a whole other setup. We're doing a whole other, you know. Yeah. I, I think there was I, a... I liked it though. What watching it this through this mm. time, I like that it ramps it up, and now it's. Because cause the movie's just called Speed. It's not, you know, Bus Bomb. So, <laughs> you know. That's just you, true. I, I feel like it it, it bookends it because it starts out with the elevator, goes to the bus, ends with the train. So I just, I feel like it, there's just something thematically that fits when they get to that point. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I think I think it is the weakest part of the movie for a couple of reasons. I think, mm-hmm. one, there is zero reason why Sandra Bullock's character should be there at all. Because she's she's there in the ambulance to get kidnapped, mm-hmm. and I'm like, why is she even there? Why did she tag along to this this uh, sting? Right. <laughs> like, come on now, right. crazy. Um, but fair enough. And then the actual like fight, you know, on top of the the train, some of the dialogue. It, th- I think this is the movie. It's it's most generic. It, it's almost like okay, you had this really fun couple of concepts for most of the movie, mm-hmm. and then this final act, we just had to turn it into kind of a generic ending where they're in this kind of. You know, like final fight with the the, the bad guy. I I thought um, the the moment where Keanu Reeves says they can't stop the train, the track's unfinished. Which, by the way, given that we already had the highway unfinished earlier on, this makes me roll my eyes a little bit that they use this again. I'm like, yeah. you just had a highway that wasn't finished. You can't have a train track that's not finished now too. Uh, but or, you know, if they were going to do that, have had Dennis Hopper blow a hole in it. Oh yeah, you know, sure. He's, he's that dangerous or whatever do something different just have it unfinished is yeah yeah but no, and then after he realizes this and they can't get uh sandra bullet's handcuffs off she's trapped on the train yeah. and he's going to stay with her his plan is to like oh there's a there's a clearing up ahead we're going to speed it up and it felt like that really cringe while they moment where they wanted to get the title of the movie in there we're going to speed it up and the sad part is, yeah. is is there was a really funny version of this earlier in the movie where she's like hey i should tell you since you're a cop you know since i'm driving the bus i'm only taking the bus because i got my my license revoked and he's like why it's like for what for speeding and it's this funny little moment it's like that'll work it's fine but that yeah. was that was a funny little exchange that got the title in uh, whereas this just kind of felt like ah oh, that that was that was forced that was forced yeah big time so yeah so because of those reasons and I think the other line that really bugs me there as well is I I love a good cheesy action one liner but I feel like after the Hopper gets decapitated and Sandra Bullock says oh what happened to him he's like oh he lost his head <laughs> uh weak sauce weak sauce uh. That said, I will stick up for I'm taller after, you know, because just before he dies, Dennis Hopper says, uh, I'm so much smarter than you, and then he gets his head cut off, and he's like, well, I'm like, taller. Well, I'm taller. Yeah. That just, that's a Keanu line. Like, he can pull that off. Yeah. You know? I'll stick up for that one, but but uh, yeah. he lost his head. Eh. Weak sauce. Yeah. You know what's weird, though, is I haven't seen Point Break forever. This made me want to rewatch Point Break, so... Do you know what? It's um, funny. It doesn't make me want to watch that. It makes me want to watch the other two movies that the same writer-producer team did. Because um, they went on to do two other movies okay. that were kind of also okay. high concept. One was Broken Arrow, which was Kristen Slater and John Travolta. Story about that after you tell me what the other one is. Yeah, And then the other one uh, is Hard Rain, which is Kristen Slater and Morgan Freeman, and it's a town that's flooded. Yeah, and I've seen both of those. Yeah, both of those are fun movies. They're not as good as Speed, but they're both fun for what they are. No. Yeah, 
So Broken Arrow, uh, I went on a cruise with my dad uh, when that movie was out. So I would be 96. And the week we were on the cruise, it was the only movie that was showing. Hmm. So I watched Broken Arrow probably 19 times <laughs> over the course of that week. Just in pieces. So, so yeah, that one... Who boy? It's funny. I've seen Broken Arrow way too many times. Is that I, I, you know, I enjoy Broken Arrow. I enjoy Hard uh, Heavy Rain or Hard Rain. Hard Rain. Heavy Rain is a video game. Hard Rain, uh, yeah. probably a little bit more than Broken Arrow. But what's funny is that I didn't see Broken Arrow till a bit later. Like I was still young. I was still like twelve or something. Okay. Like that. But by that point, I'd already seen you know the stream movies, the, the first three stream movies, and the score okay. from Broken Arrow, which is Hans Zimmer's score, is actually used in Stream Two for Dewey's theme. Uh, so when you go back and watch Broken Arrow and you and you and you okay. and you you associate that music with Dewey and you go back to watch Broken Arrow and it's it's John Travolta's yeah. theme when he's maybe this like you know you know slick badass it's like oh this is weird right. this is weird <laughs> he didn't oh. so Man. you know I'm also looking up what what the writer did and he um he produced the Americans and created Justified oh um, those are well regarded the, shows the pilot. yeah yeah so he's He's pretty good. I mean, I'm glad that, that they brought in Whedon to make, you know, um, Speed, you know, a little bit more character-y. A little, yeah, because I feel like speed, Speed's one where you you want a bit of levity in there. And again, as much as we started this by saying that uh, movies these days go too far with trying to be tongue-in-cheek, yeah. um, I think you do want a little bit of... Uh, there's a sincerity to Speed that I feel like we've lost yep. when it comes to movies like this. Yep. Um, Definitely, but you know, um, actually, I watched Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine uh, last week, and that was great. I, now that that didn't have levity. That that was that reminded me more of a seventies action movie than a nineties action movie. But I'd highly recommend. It's very it. grindhouse, from what I've heard. It's very like they ruin the the like uh, the lo fi effects. Oh yeah, and whatnot. The 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 uh, violence in that movie. It's not violent often, but when it gets violent, it gets pretty damn violent. And uh, you know, same guy that did Bone Tomahawk, and I would say yep. the same about Bone Tomahawk. So that that's his thing. After two so. movies, I am on board for whatever that director does. I'll tell yeah. you that right now. Yeah, I've I read the plot synopsis of Cell Block, and I don't think I can handle it. So it's yeah. Who? Well, I think you'd be fine to be honest. I don't think it'd be that bad yeah. on you. Um, yeah. it's funny. I said actually, the director here is Jean Debon. Uh, after Speed, he did Twister, which was also pretty enjoyable and successful. Yep. After that, though, it went really downhill because Speed 2 is garbage. Uh, the Haunting yep. remake is garbage. And I never saw yep. the second Tomb Raider movie with uh, Angelina Jolie, but I'm fairly certain it was garbage. <laughs> Gerard Butler's in it. So make that of what you will. In 2003? Yeah. He was already That's a thing. life, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time. He's the heavy in that, I want to say. I didn't know he existed me, until, like, check. 2010. <laughs> what, he just emerged as a gritty-looking Scotsman yeah. in 2010? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I, I didn't know he was around at that time. Uh, he was the second uh, in the cast hmm. list. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I've seen that one once. I haven't seen it since. Oh, um, oh, I suppose I should, I should have. He's in 300. He's the main guy in 300. I suppose I should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Known him from oh, that wait. in 2006, but still. <laughs> still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, he's from the same town as me, by the way, just for anyone curious. Yeah. 
And I don't want to make it people think like I'm crapping on Gerard Butler, but <laughs> he doesn't have the best agent or manager because he's in a lot of bad things, you know. But he's usually good in them. It's just the he Gerard he, Butler's frustrating to me because he's trying to be the modern equivalent of your Arnie or Stallone or your your Van Damme, yeah. right? He's trying to be that. And I think the closest he's been was probably the Olympus and London Has Fallen movies, right? But even those yep. feel like they're just kind of pale imitators to the movies that I like growing up. And part of it could be nostalgia, part of it, you know, could be whatever. But I do feel like, again, like, I don't know. They just, they make the plot a bit too complex. A bit too complex yep. and just not quite the right amount of charisma and charm. I think that's what's what's missing yeah. more than anything. Uh, also, and, and he has charisma and charm. So if anybody was going to pop through, it'd be like Gerard Butler. Like I respect him on The Rock, and they just keep whiffing. Like if anybody has charisma, it's Dwayne Johnson. Oh yeah, The Rock. Just... This is the thing about The Rock. The Rock has oodles of charisma, and people like him. But he's in nothing but turd after turd for the most part. Yep. <laughs> and it's a shame because yep. yeah, I, I want to like Rampage. I want to like. You know, Sky. I've not seen Skyscraper yet, but you know, I want to like it. It seems like my kind of fun, stupid thing, but yep. uh, you know, miss the mark. Yeah, miss the mark. It's a shame. But hey, my God, actually, is there a third Fallen movie coming out? There, there is. I believe there oh is. Oh my yes. God, there is. Oh my God, it's basically a remake of Air Force One. Yeah, what's it called? Angel has fallen. <laughs> The, oh man the fallen franchise actually one thing i want to mention yeah. about this movie is the the music uh by mark mancina uh i think it's a very good soundtrack i think the opening theme in particular is very very good he, he went on to do the score for con air as well which i think has got a fantastic um electric guitar main theme uh th- th- these are these are action movie scores that i miss having where they just want it to sound cool and i feel like now everything has to, like they have to like for, for some reason well, the, the the main theme is dead outside of a few specific things even superhero movies don't have enough main themes anymore and it bugs the shit out yeah. of me because for something adventurous I, I like do this love the avengers yeah the avengers theme is, is still pretty solid when it pops up it's okay it's okay it's, it's not I, as great like as it could it. be um but like at least it is a main theme you know as opposed to like a lot of the other marvel movies where there isn't really one I, but like I, I miss this music. I, I miss music like this. I miss music like Con Air and even The Rock, which was Hans Zimmer. Like, I feel like these days, everything has to just be this edgy soundtrack that's constantly trying to do tension. And it's like, no. If, if it's a movie that's fun and adventurous like this with these wisecracking characters, give me the cheesy, heroic theme. I want it. Do it. Well, so I just, I looked up Mancina and um, he's also done two of my favorite Disney movies in Tarzan and Moana. Mm. And those are both vastly different. So this guy, like, you know, how there's there's actors that are chameleons. Mancina's mm-hmm. almost like that for a composer, because he also did the first Bad Boys. Oh yeah. Um, he did Twister, Con Air. You already said Training Day. And uh, notably, notably, the first Bad Boys has a much better soundtrack than Bad Boys Two. Yeah. Which yes. he did not do. So. So, so yeah, I just. Wow, that's he's got a, he's been doing it since the eighties. Did not even realize. Yeah, uh, I've not seen his name pop up in a long time. Though is he still working? Is he still doing stuff? Yeah. The, well, the last thing that popped up was uh, Moana. That was twenty sixteen. Okay. And 
I'm a big fan of that, but I also like the whole Polynesian vibe of the music. So he worked with uh, Lynn Memorial Miranda, and then let me pull up the name because if I don't read it, I'll mess it up. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, looking, I'm looking at his oh, list now. He's, he's, he's done um, a lot of like animated stuff, and he did like 80 yeah. episodes of Criminal Minds. So he's been busy on stuff, but unfortunately, he's yeah. not been doing stuff that I've been getting to see, which is a shame. Yeah. So, but no, like it was a really good score. I remember thinking that watching it because since doing shows with you, I really noticed the score because mm. I'm like, oh, I better pay attention because Pete's gonna bring this up. <laughs> um, you know, so now now I notice it more, and it's it's really good because we talked about that. Go go watch our Predator um, review. Oh yeah, and or the Predator. Actually, we talked about the score there too. Actually, that's something I really miss as well as opening titles, where we get like a, an overture of the music, which this has. This yeah. has the you know you, you get all the yep. different bits of the score. You get the tension. You get the din 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 din. You get that bit, and then you get the melodic sort of heroic theme, and you get all those things. It's like okay, this is what I'm in for. This is all the different emotions I'm going to be feeling throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and then it goes into the into the actual plot, and I I like that a lot. Uh, but yeah, so no, Speed Speed's a really fun movie. Like, yeah, there's there's things to poke holes at. There's if you want to get really uh, nitpicky with it, you can, um, and you can certainly complain about some of the choices about the third act, and you can certainly complain about some wound deliveries from Keanu because they are there. But he does have yeah. a lot of charisma. Besides that, I will I will say I not not having watched it in quite a while, I was noticing because they were shooting a lot of stuff with a real bus. Yeah. There's a lot of dialogue that's ADR'd, where they had to add it back in later, and it kind of sounds phony it's the way noise. it's added back on. Yeah, yeah, you can't tell. Uh, I never noticed that until I went to film school and we talked about ADR, mm-hmm. and then you kind of notice it. Like it's one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it. Because um, like it's when someone's head is turned, and it's just the head movements don't seem to be matching what they're saying. So, yeah, I, I noticed that uh, a lot. And the funny thing is, is yeah. he, he, even when it probably does match, it still feels like it probably doesn't. You just assume that they've changed it. <laughs> just, you just yeah. assume it doesn't match. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's just kind of a, an annoying thing that once you've noticed these things, you kind of pick up on. Um, I, I think for me, though, with this, the reason why like, I was I started thinking about it is because I was thinking, you know, it looks like they're shooting a lot of this with a real bus as opposed to green screening it. And that means that right. the bus is, you know, being loud. The engines are on. And you can't record dialogue right. when the engines are on if something is too loud. So that means they had to ADR a lot of it. And right. it, it, you can tell. Especially in Keanu's lines. Keanu lines especially, because they're a bit more wooden, feel very tacked on. Uh, but, yeah. you know. He's got, he's got a nice charisma with Jeff Daniels, though. Um, and, yeah. yeah. The, the, the movie has absolutely nothing to say. It's just a... a a fun action movie call it dumb if you wish yeah. but I, I long for the days where this was a dumb action movie and not transformers 5 i really I think, long for these days yeah and see that's why i don't feel like it's dumb because i don't necessarily think you don't have to be smart like if you're not smart it doesn't necessarily mean you're dumb you're just average <laughs> you know and i feel now everything's so bipolar where it's either like the greatest thing ever or the worst thing ever and you know, or or it's really smart or it's really dumb, like Transformers uh, 5, which <laughs> our, our friend Jake in the group threw his body in front of me watching Age of Extinction because mm-hmm. it popped up on one of the streaming. He's like, yeah, just don't do it, man. You're you're better off not. Yeah, so, and I, he loves Transformers. It, it's... <laughs> 
Yeah, it's one of these things where, I, and when we talk about a movie being dumb, like especially when I'm talking about a movie I like being dumb, it's just, it's not about you have to be dumb to enjoy. It's not, not that at all. It's just yeah. you you can enjoy something a bit sillier. You know, it's not not everything you watch. As much as I love watching my uh, Seven Samurai from Akira Kurosawa, and I love talking about themes yeah. and artistry, sometimes I want well, to watch a nice simple action premise where there's a bomb in a bus and that try to yeah. you know, save well, everyone. Like- Easy. To not not to compare Yonder Bont to, to Nolan, right? Because that's oh. a, a chasm between the yeah, two. Yeah, that's not a fair fight. <laughs> but I'd much rather watch Twister and Speed than Dunkirk. And Dunkirk is super well made, but the the fact like there's levity in character development and or or even just characters you can connect to in the the first two versus something like Dunkirk, which by all accounts fantastically made piece of film this feels like an unfair fight though you 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 picked the one nolan movie i don't like so (laughs) like well i'm just because of course i'm not gonna say i'd rather watch or or i'd even rather watch speed in in twister over interstellar you know i'm just going to his two most recent yeah no but i feel Um, like i feel like you're 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 minimizing your point here because you're picking the the arguably the weaker nolan movies where i feel like the point you're you're trying to make here is that sometimes yeah. you'd rather watch this more silly, dumb film than a smart, even if the smarter film is much better. But I feel like you're hurting your point a little bit by picking the the ones that are a bit more and divisive. I, I, just, I just I couldn't use Spielberg because there's plenty of Spielberg movies I'd rather not watch than than these two. You know that are that are. Oh, I guess sure. that would have been a better point. <laughs> but I can't think of it off the top of my head because my my top three. I'm not, of course, I'm gonna want to watch over anything. Although so. for, for the record, I do enjoy Interstellar. I'm not I'm not ragging on that movie, but a lot of people no, don't. As, as do I. I much rather watch Interstellar than Dunkirk. But we both agreed that Dunkirk was this really well made movie. We just wish we cared more about it. And I don't think you can say that about Speed because we care about what happens to that bus because of the people on that bus. Yeah. So. You know, no, that's just kind of the point I'm trying to make. Like, as dumb as it is, I'd much rather not feel like I'm doing homework. I guess that's the, the ultimate point. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't even say I care that much about the people on the bus. I care just enough and no more. Yeah. Just enough and no yeah. more. Okay. It, it, it's not like I'm watching, um, uh, I don't know, what was something I watched recently. It's, 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 not like, <laughs> it's not like I'm watching... Um, I don't know. I'm going to a TV show just because I can. I can think of an example because I watched stuff in the last week. But it's like I'm watching Better Call Saul, and I'm so invested in those characters. Like, like every single scene they're in, like every reaction they have, I am so on the edge of my seat to how they are going to feel about something. Like that's caring about characters. Speed. They're, they're just likable characters who are in a, a predicament, and that's just enough to enjoy the ride. And that's that's all it is. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there you go. And that's that's okay. So I guess that's I guess that's speed. That that's ended up being more of a discussion about uh, how action movies have changed and how how we don't have movies like this yeah, anymore. But and I, and I, think that, I think that's okay sometimes because speed is in the public consciousness. You know what I mean? Like I don't think we need to give the traditional style review. I actually like this more. Like when we can have discussions about stuff like this. Well, I mean, I think it's because the movie's simple enough. Once you've talked about actors, direction, yeah. action, and then uh, music and whatnot, you, okay, you've you've talked about you've talked about some critiques. You know, what what what, what is the the more interesting discussion here? And the interesting discussion is why can't we have simple movies like this anymore? Really, for um, real? Uh, by all means, recommend some if, if there's some that you can think of in in recent days, uh, recent years that you think apply apply to what we're saying. Then, by all means, but I, I can't think of something dumb and. You know, like like Con. I love Conair. Conair 
is yeah. the epitome of gloriously dumb but charismatic as hell action movie. Nicholas Cage in that movie takes a bullet to the arm and doesn't even flinch. He's like the Terminator. But he wants to save his daughter, so he doesn't move, damn it. Cyrus the Virus. Cyrus the Virus. Uh, oh, you've got yeah. uh, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi's in that movie. <laughs> whole, he's got the whole world in his hands. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's solid. That one I get, that one, if, that would, if that's on and I'm watching it, my wife gets up and leaves because she's just tired of Con Air. Because that's, <laughs> if that's on... That's on cable, but we're watching Con Air, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's solid. Although being being from Las Vegas, when they drive through that airport tunnel, that thing is like uh, infinity long in that movie. It takes you know forty five seconds to drive through it in real life, and they sure. keep going for like five minutes. I, I don't, but, I don't, I don't think know. that's as bad though as the uh, runway from the end. I think it's the sixth Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, that they did the math, and that runway would have been like ten miles long. Yeah. So. Because uh, not only but, are they going down that, that that the the cars in that movie with the plane are going at like eighty miles an hour. They're they're going at something yeah. silly, and it just it lasts forever. Yep. Uh, but yeah, and I, I guess Fast and the Furious wants to be movies like this. It, it wants to be like this generation's they, dumb, dumb action. Yeah, movie. they've gotten a little bit better at it from where they started, but because they're very self-aware and they're sincere at the same time. Mm. So you know, um, but sometimes I feel like they just need to give it a rest. Because where are we going next? Space? They going to have space races? You know, they should. That's know. the logical place to go. Um, <laughs> So there you go. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's speed. I guess we'll rate the film. We'll rate speed. Yeah. So, uh, at the whim of a madman, what are you giving speed out of 10? Yeah. At <laughs> whim of a madman. Uh, 8.5. I thoroughly enjoyed it. 8.5, man. Uh, I'm going to go with a straight 8. Um, I, I, I can't go, I think, any higher than that, but I have a lot of love for speed. I grew up with the, it. It is filled to the brim of nostalgia. Um, and I, I hope we, we look through kind of why it still kind of works and you know do, does it work for a, a normal like a, a normal person like uh someone who was born like <laughs> 10 15 years later and watches it uh when they're old enough to be critical of a movie like you know if, if you show this to like yeah. a 15 year old right now who's never heard of it how do they feel about speed i don't know i don't know if it works but yeah. hey ho uh yeah. that is that is uh that's speed though so let us know what you thought of this one in the comments and stuff there will be a new vote up there's the vote for this month um for overload I pick Flight of the Navigator, and Matt, oh. unf- and Matt unfortunately picked uh, the Lost Boys, which I, I, I am not a fan of that movie. So I am hoping. Death by stereo. Yes, we're actually recording this on the final day of the month, so the, the results will actually be up on Patreon for everyone to see uh, in the next oh, day or oh. two. Which, and when I say it's up in Patreon, everyone does get to see that. The, the results post is not like. You know, you don't have to be a patron to see that. Right. You can just go to patreon.com slash TV and you can see that. So, yeah. Uh, I will actually, I'll put on the little, the little Patreon and Twitter thing just uh, over the top of the logo. Uh, so, what I'll say, yeah, go to patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the channel and the show and everything we do here. You get to vote, of course, at the $5 tier on Overload once a month. You also get to vote on an episode of Streams once a month, an episode of uh, of Influx once a month, and then you get some stuff early at the $1 tier. You get a $1.21 and Almost Cancelled Extra, which alternate month to month. Uh, you get one month. Uh, me and Connor, uh, later tonight, in fact, are going to be doing a whole episode talking about the horror genre and just uh, an in-depth nice. analysis of it for October. Uh, so that should be fun. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. so go have a look at Patreon and you can like, subscribe on the on the YouTubes if you're on iTunes or a podcast app give us a nice rating on there 5 stars out of 10, whatever it is I don't know, uh, but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it, keep watching movies guys, and we'll see you next time